0: Welcome back. I am Lance Johnson, one of the co-hosts here at Agency Hacker, and really excited today to be with Robin Albin. She is the founder, brand strategist, and Sherpa of Insurgents. Robin, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Lance. I'm excited to be here. This sounds like it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to hear what uh, brand strategist and Sherpa does uh-huh. for Insurgents. I'm super curious.
1: Okay. Well, um, Insurgents is a branding and innovation agency So we look for primarily, we love young brands, startups and early stage brands that are just getting started. And The reason why we love them so much is because we find that the sooner that we could get our hands on a young company, the better we can do for them and the fewer mistakes they make. One of the things that we've done a lot of startups over the many years that we have been Doing branding. And people make mistakes, early stage mistakes that are just costly, particularly for a startup, but um, are are totally unnecessary. So, Mm. uh, what we do is we create brands. We also rebrand legacy companies or uh, more mature companies that have kind of lost their way over time. They've started chasing shiny objects or started thinking, I need to do a little of this, a little of that, and they kind of lose their focus. Mm. So uh, we work with a lot of mature companies that need to rebrand themselves.
0: That makes sense. So you have people that are either in the startup phase chronologically or the startup, like the restart phase. Restart.
1: We call them insurgents and resurgents.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. You know,
1: and, you know, we're very much about, you know, helping incumbents find their insurgency.
0: Got it. That makes total sense. And so with insurgents is um, the team, like I I know that we talked about this a little bit before him, just to give context, how's the team made up at insurgents?
1: So we operate on what's called a Hollywood model. And this is my second agency. I had a previous agency called Brash by Robin (laughs) Alvin and Susan Hunter. And we started this model long before the gig economy. We, were, we go way, 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 way back. And we were a virtual agency. And what we did was put together teams based upon the client, the category, and the project itself. And Insurgence is a replica of that model. And what makes it so great, uh, clients actually love it because you're always getting fresh thinking. You're getting someone who is specifically hired, not someone who's sitting in the bullpen waiting for the next project to come yeah. along, but someone who's out there, who's really doing exciting, interesting things has a, a feeling or a sensibility for your brand. And it's put to, you know, we create a team for you. And that also allows us to do anything end to end. So, You're a startup. You're coming to us with a few scribbles on a napkin. You need a product. We can make a product. You need a website. We can make a website. You know, uh, you need social, digital web, whatever you need. We can put together a team because we have a roster of a talent, a, a quality talent and create a team that that's designed specifically for you.
0: I really love that model. I think it's good for everybody. Uh, the I've,
1: clients love it, and you know the other thing is, is that it allows us to be much more competitively priced because we um, don't have all of the big agency bloat and overhead. Yeah, we also don't have extraneous members who are looking for something to do on the project. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you know, you get who you need, when you need them, and for how long you need them.
0: That makes total sense, and it, it also seems great from. your standpoint as well because then you don't have stressful fixed costs right if there's one thing that keeps you up at night or at least keeps me up at night it's fixed costs because you go ah you're on the hook for it whether it's whether you have a project for somebody or not
1: absolutely absolutely and people come and go you know the disadvantage is that on occasion you have someone who you really want to work with again yeah and they're not available so it's that that's the downside of it But it really has a lot of positivity to it. Again, because people come in and they're excited to do the work. They're fresh. They're like, come on, let's go. And then, for, as I said, for a client, it really gives you a team that's designed for you. Talking about customization and personalization, you know, you can't beat that.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. How do you manage those teams? Because you've got, do you have like a central project management software, kind of like an Asana? Is it, just hey, I have my notebook. I know what everybody needs to do, and I call, email, text. I'm the, quarter,
1: I'm the quarterback, and I call the plays, and I, you know, work with everybody on the team. I'm the brand strategist. You know, I, I call myself a Swiss Army knife because I do just enough of everything. So. I manage the teams, I bring the teams on board, I manage the teams, I do the strat work with the teams, and I'm also a copywriter. So I do a lot of the writing for the projects that we work on. And again, the other thing, over the years, I have discovered that something happens when you have too many extraneous agencies coming in on a project. So in other words, Mm. you have your advertising agency and then you bring in a social media agency and then a PR agency, and everybody's vying for their idea being the lead. And everyone is always saying, well, you know, I could do it better, blah, blah, blah. By assembling the teams, everybody is on the same team. And we're all working to the same end benefit for our client. So many times we work with adjacent uh, agencies, you know, I have preferred PR agencies that I like to work with, again, designed to, you know, if you're in the beauty space, I would call a different agency than if you're in the pharma space. And I just have a lot of resources, but everybody that comes on board is working towards the same goal. And there's not a lot of that adversarial relationship that happens when you have too many cooks in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I'm guessing you're also doing the business development and sales side.
1: Yes, to everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little okay. bit of a workaholic, so uh, that's <laughs> that's what keeps me up at night versus the stress of it. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it that's doesn't.
0: that's fair. I guess if you're going to be up either way, at least pick something that yeah, you totally, like doing. To, totally. like
1: totally.
0: <laughs> so, with your process, I, I always love hearing how agencies find and you know have the right clients come on board. What does it look like for insurgents to get clients?
1: Well, first of all, I always say that we're a little bit of an acquired taste. We okay. are insurgent, and we are you know, develop bold brands and very, very uh, unorthodox methodologies yeah. to to create new ideas that kind of challenge the status quo. you know mm. and so if you are looking for a comfort level, if you're looking for you know somebody that's going to give you something very mechanical and templated and you know, What's your vision? What's your mission? What's your purpose? We're not a fill in the blanks kind of agency. Mm. Uh, We have a very unique process. Um, We call it detonate, articulate, activate, and accelerate. And that's Mm. the way we look at uh, how we go about branding, whether you're, again, uh, an incumbent or you're an insurgent. Uh, we, We look at it that way. And as a brand Sherpa, I believe that my role is to help liberate your idea because Mm. that's where the detonate starts at the very, very beginning, because we find that stakeholders come to a project and they have lots of ideas and we want to do this and we want to do that. And this is what we're about. And and everything gets lost in the sauce. And so Mm. what we do is we blow everything up. We start by blowing it up. That's the detonate process. And we look at all the assets that a, a brand or a young company has at their disposal. And it might be anything from a founder's story to a logo, to a terrific name, to a, a technology or a product formulation. What is the most important thing? What is your big why? And a lot of times, again, this you get wind up with a stew pot and nothing bubbles up to the top. So by detonating the brand and looking across the entire landscape of assets, And then looking at it against who your target audience is and what's going on in the world, what's happening economically, politically, environmentally, and how does your brand live in in the world? Um, And from that, we wind up finding what we call anchoring themes, big ideas that start to resonate to the top. And we then reorganize all of the elements based upon these themes. You know, we show you could look like this. You could look like that. It's always the same brand. It's just what is the hierarchy of that anchoring theme? And from that, we then we articulate. We build the narrative. We build the brand story. We build the elements. Then we activate. How do we take it to the world? And then what's your growth strategy? How do we build off of that? Because we very much believe that every brand needs a focus and a vision. We want to focus you from the get-go, but we want to give you an opportunity to grow and evolve over time.
0: That's so interesting. And actually, as you were talking, I was thinking of brand pivots, right? Where you say, okay, maybe this is where your resurgence come in, that you have someone that says, "Okay, our brand has been this for a long time, but maybe we're not getting the same response, or maybe we tried this particular anchor point and it's not it's not helping." How do you all like how how long do you run a brand idea um, before well, saying, "Okay, it's time to try another angle or another?" Um,
1: angle? Well, I'm not quite sure of your exact question because I believe that a brand is a brand is a brand. And once you land on that idea, it should have resilience. It should Mm. be able to stand the test of time. And brands should not be going, I'm going to be this today. I'm going to be that tomorrow. I think you go back to what your core anchoring theme is. And those themes tend to be very big and broad and universal. And once you land on that theme, then you can begin to say, well, that that theme I'll give you an example a brand that I was part of founding was Origins Natural Resources and everyone always thought that Origins was built on being a natural beauty line the the reality is that our anchoring theme was respect we saw at the time that we created the brand that the consumer was marginal, marginalized that was disrespected for their intelligence for their ability to take care of their skin. And we landed on this theme of respect. And that one word was thread throughout everything that the brand did from our selling strategy to our uh, messaging campaigns, to our tone of voice, to our product delivery. Well, at the time that we created the brand, respect meant something different than it means today, but respect is just as relevant. So you wanna pick a, a, a brand anchoring theme that has resilience to it. So that as things change in the world, you could say, what, what does that mean today? What does it mean to a, a, a younger customer, to an older customer, to someone who's going through COVID? You know, How, how does that keep it, the brand alive and vibrant? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So for a resurgent, I was thinking of like somebody who's kind of lost their way. You're saying we don't need a new brand. We need to get back to what your brand was originally and maybe figure out what expressing that brand looks like today. But it's not a change. It's more of like a cutting away of, can we had some vines grow up over the house and you can't see the nice brick underneath anymore, but let's just get those vines off. I mean,
1: one of the brands that has bothered me so much is the the rebranding of Vic, a brand like Victoria's Secret. Mm. You know, they confronted a lot of obstacles, PR obstacles, and the Me Too movement really, you know, took the kibosh on them. But they stood for sexiness. Now they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater and now they're Dove. You know, consumers yeah, right through that. I would have, if I were rebranding Victoria's Secret, I would have said, what does sexy mean today? What is the Mm. relevance of being sexy? And who wants to be sexy and how do they want to be sexy? Rather than saying, we're for everybody and kumbaya and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's inauthentic.
0: It's so interesting, too. there's a group that I've been reading a lot of um, category pirates they call themselves, and yeah. it, it's, it reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about where they say, okay, uh, there's this, their take is, hey, you, you need to be your own category, right? Like you need to evangelize the problem. And I feel like it dovetails nicely though with what you're saying is, hey, your brand's almost immutable. You can't you can't change it. And it's trying to be another brand. Uh, to please everyone just you're never going to be as good at being dove as dove is but now you're just a dove wannabe that is yeah. going to kind of fall between two stools sorry Victoria's Secret I don't know much about your brand but yeah uh, yeah.
1: yeah so I mean I, I think that that's why I believe the most important thing that a company can have is brand and you know when you have a brand when you have something that stands for something you think about the great brands that, you know, and you can distill what they stand down to, to one word, Google means search, Volvo means safety, uh, Airbnb means belonging. You know, th- once you find that word, belonging today means something maybe different than when the guys founded Airbnb back in 2008. But everybody wants to belong. It, it's just, it, 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 it's evolved right? Nike yeah. means inspiration. You, as an athlete, you always want to be inspired. So yeah. those are the kind of things that we really, really value and try to encourage our uh, clients to spend the time, spend the thought process, and really fall in love with that. That why Why do you exist? What is your promise?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. How do you deal with when some, when consumers, um, or I guess customers, you know, maybe it's business to business brand or what have you, but how do you deal with, uh, a brand image being taken in a different direction? For instance, it was just what made me think of is when you said Airbnb, I, I, I think of like, I just think of, um, I don't know. I like belonging. Isn't the word that comes to mind for me. I, I use Airbnb a lot, but, Uh, When you go, our customers are going to have a variety of experiences of our brand and maybe it's what we're trying to convey, maybe it's not. How do you try to give a uniform experience or get that core message through?
1: Um, Again, I'm not sure what you're asking. Are you specifically asking for about Airbnb or? More um like.
0: Well, an example would be if Airbnb said we're about belonging and community. What I think of Airbnb as is, is not belonging in community. I just think like this is because I don't see the host. I don't actually like there's no real interaction that happens. When you're
1: living in and, a community and you're not living in a big box hotel
0: where Yeah, you are
1: anonymous. You are living in the community. You're living in a house or an apartment that is part of. A, a close knit environment. Whether you're friendly with these people, that's not what I mean by close knit. But you're you're eating in the restaurants that the locals eat in. You're seeing yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. the dry cleaners that's right around the corner. You're not sending it down, you know, downstairs in this anonymous way. So yeah. that's the sense of belonging that Airbnb has always stood for, and the whole idea of you not being a tourist, of you being sure. living. In, in, a, in a home, in an apartment versus, again, a big box hotel.
0: Yeah. I think the root of the question is like, how how do you, so a brand, it's kind of like if I introduce myself and I say, all right, I, I am an agency coach and um, people, will if I just say it right, and I don't have a chance to have a deep conversation, then people will have a ton of different uh, interpretations of that. And brand is something that is, uh, m- maybe like we have a clear idea when we brand something, v- what we want to stand for and people's interpretation of it. Uh, sometimes they understand and they just don't like it, which is fine. Right. That's, I, I feel like that's preferable for them not understanding, but other times they say, Oh, uh, I, th- I, th- I think, you know, Google, for instance, they want to be an everything platform. They, they're Gmail and Google meet. And I don't know, they were trying to be Google plus for a while. Right. And the, what people will take away is going to be different. How do you deal with like the um, various experiences of brand? Cause well, you have a real clear idea and maybe a client has a really clear idea. And sometimes customers are, they just through context or something, they get a different idea.
1: Well, again, as I said, part of the detonate phase and then the articulation phase is saying, what does that idea mean? at every single touch point, I ladder back to origins. When, yeah. we cre- when we said that we believed that the consumer was being marginalized and talked down to, we said, okay, what is the counter to that? We're gonna give you lots of information. We're gonna give you information in a way you wanna hear it. So we created mm. our own language. We're yeah. going to give you an experience that values your decision-making process. So we created Open Cell for the first time in Prestige we gave you lots of information you were able to self select you felt good about it and then we developed products that were affordable so that we respected your pocketbook we respected yeah. the environment we respected other cultures so that wherever you find when you have a brand that is solid and well founded you know like a lighthouse that has a foundation and a beacon that that goes outward that attracts people, they understand what you mean because at every single experience point, you mean the same thing. You say the Not same it. thing. You know, we never used the word respect for origins. We just acted that way. Mm. And the result was that people never said, I use origins. They always, and to this day say, I love origins. we mm. so build that relationship because there is consistency and there there is value. And there yeah. is a relationship with the consumer.
0: Consistency was the word I was thinking of. Where it seems like, yeah, yeah totally. hey, maybe maybe that's the most helpful thing in trying to express a brand promise is the consistency of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes total sense. And the, what is interesting is it sounds like there's a specific kind of person. And you had said this at the beginning, right? insurgence is acquired taste. Um,
1: yes, definitely. How,
0: how do you find the right people to work with? Because I think a lot of agency owners. Uh, maybe we're all different to some way or another and we all have a different process that works for us to find our right clients. And how do you all work to find the clients that are a good fit?
1: Well, at this point, you know, uh, I find a lot of my clients through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of repeat clients who come back who may have changed uh, companies that they're with and they yeah. they call back and whatever. Um, it's a good experience and people – I believe in having a lot of fun. Again, when I spoke before about eliminating the adversarial relationship, we try not to have any kind of adversarial relationship with mm-hmm. either our clients or amongst our team members so that we're having a good time. We're, you know, we're, we're basically sitting on the same side of the table as you are. And yet we have an outsider's ex, uh, perspective. So a lot of our clients come to us through word of mouth or they're repeat clients. But also, you know, when we talk to people, they are intrigued or they have a certain interest in being insurgent. And mm. to say I want to do something bold. I want to do something gutsy. I want to do something that kind of breaks all the rules. Um, and we, we generally seek out people who have an idea and who have something that they are passionate about and yeah. they care enough about it. It means something so strongly to them that they really want to take it to the world. They're not just trans transactional and selling a product. It's not about what I call ER better, smoother, faster. Mm. You know. It's not an ER product. It's, it's truly something that is out to change the mindset of the, it's not about a marketplace. It's about a mindset. And so those kind of clients are intrigued by what we do again, because we're not formulaic. We don't sit down and say, let's, let's create your mission statement. Now we liberate the idea. You're very involved in the process that we're working on. Um, and they have a good time. I mean, it, it, so that's kind of, you know, we're a small agency. Again, we are never going to appeal to the big kahunas, but that's our niche. And that's what the way we love to work. And those are the kind of clients that we enjoy working with.
0: I think it's always exciting to find that niche too, and say, okay, this is a good fit for them. They get a benefit. It's a good fit for us. And don't, you know, there's not a right or wrong in an agency space where I see some people that feel like, just like, you know, Victoria's Secret wanted to become Dove, that there's agencies where you go, well, do you really want to be a huge exactly. agency? Like it's, it's a different environment. And some people do. And right. Re- and you go, well, hey, that's fine. But it's not, it doesn't mean success is being that agency,
1: right? I was a creative director at a big agency long before I started my first agency and I missed the hands-on. I missed yeah. doing the doing the work. And so I never want to get to the point where I'm management yep. and that I'm not part of the process. And, that's really you know, interesting. That's, that's the type of client and, and agency and relationship that we want to have.
0: That's so interesting. And and that actually is a great segue. So how do you see insurgents growing? Because there's, yeah, this is another place where there's no right or wrong answer. Some people say, I uh, would like to do exactly what I'm doing. And I think that success means no change, right? And some people say, well, I have a vision for a different kind of team structure, or I have a vision for paring down and being a pure consultant and not doing so much. But we, yeah.
1: we always like and this obviously comes from me because it's part of what I'm interested in, like working in categories and for clients that we have never worked for before. Oh, we okay. like that freshness. And so uh, we just worked on a medical device and uh, we've done pharma, we've done beauty, traditional beauty. And then we've worked on some, uh, you know, vendor, what, what you would call B2B. I don't believe in B2B. Uh, I think that there's always a human being sure. that has a need on the other side of that second D. Um, we've been working with uh, flavor houses to help oh. with um, biotech, you know, taking the, the next level of science. These are things that, you know, we don't shy away from because there's something new and interesting to learn about every category and every company. Yeah. So we like to take our principles, which are pretty well proven at this point after working on a lot of different categories, and apply them to people that have not experienced them before in categories that we haven't necessarily worked before. We did Absolutely. light bulbs, you know, a couple of years ago. We did, yeah. we branded and created really Light Bulbs, the first wellness light bulbs. Huh. Um And that was a totally new category. We learned all about the technology of lighting and it was super fun, super interesting.
0: That's really fascinating. So really Insurgent sounds like uh, the newer, the better, and not necessarily like new to the world, but at least new to you with uh, a different spin on how things might actually work. And That's, that's really neat. And then for the team at insurgents, what's the vision, right? Is this a group where you, you love the Hollywood model and you say, this is what we're going to do forever. Or is it, you want to have more Robin uh, counterparts running around and say, Hey, here's the vision. Here's how we manage projects. And what would it look like?
1: I love the Hollywood model. I love the freshness. I love, you know, uh, the way that even when team members are not working on a consistent basis and come back 6 months later to a, mm-hmm. a different project. They come back and they say this is what I learned. This is what I was out there, you know, me. working on before. So they bring back a lot of different work, you know, knowledge of experiences, you know. I'm working in the metaverse or you know, I've been doing videos or you know, I've been doing in-store design and you know, 3D design. It's always very exciting to have that fresh thinking come into the, the, the agency.
0: Ah, that is really neat. And I feel like you get to learn the most from working with someone again, yeah, like, where totally. you just, it's a, a different thing to sit down and have coffee and catch up and they give you a 15 minute update. But when you get to work with them on a project, I think, uh, at least in my experience, I really learn it in a much deeper way. And And everyone that
1: I work with um, is always looking and learning new skills, looking for and learning new skills. So that's terrific. You know, I was working with a creative director who recently started doing animation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so she was very, very excited about learning this skill. Um, And she does photography, she does illustration, she does web design. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a lot of, and I, I think the thing that drives us is the energy, the energy mm. of new clients of new categories of, you know, new people to work with. And it just keeps everything vibrant and alive. Insurgent yeah. keeps it. Inserted. Yeah.
0: No, it's, that's neat. And we
1: live, it's our nice. brand. we live our brand.
0: That's a, I think that's probably why people work with you too, is because they come to you and see that you're actively living your brand rather than, uh, yeah, I don't know what you would call it, but sometimes there's, uh, aspirational or commercial brand where we say, okay, here's who we're going to be because we think that's what people will buy. And it's not really part of your DNA or it's not, not to pick on Victoria's secret, but again, it's a, it's this like, not really true to yourself, but you go, well, I think this is what the market wants. So this is what we got to do. Right. And I I feel like, especially when you're in a client services relationship, people pick up on that pretty quickly and go, ah, this isn't isn't authentic.
1: Right. For sure.
0: Wow. Well, this is really interesting, Robin. You seem like you've learned a whole lot over the span of two agencies, the creative director experience before that. What kind of things are you working on learning right now to say, okay, here's an area where I want to learn, or I'm doing research, or I have this question I'm trying to answer?
1: Well, obviously, I'm obsessed with the metaverse, and I think that oh. there's oh. a tremendous amount of a potential. And I'm trying to learn everything I possibly can about how how to utilize it, um, not just for gaming or not just as a, a as a way of selling product, but uh, again because we do a lot of work in the health and wellness space, how we can use these kind of experiences to promote wellness. Mm. Um, how can it be used in a wellness setting? So I'm very intrigued by that, and it since it is such a nascent uh, industry right now and things are happening every single day, there's a lot to learn and there are a lot of mistakes that are going to be made and I'm just fascinated by it.
0: That is really interesting. And what kind of advice would you give to agency owners and not necessarily new agency owners, but your peers, people who you see that are running agencies right now and things that you say, here's something that's helpful for me and I'd suggest.
1: Be like a shark and keep moving, Mm. you know, just, you know, constantly be learning and constantly be looking at things and never get to the point that you do the seven most dangerous words in marketing. This is how we've always done it. I I think that, you know, the the more open you can be, the more open minded you could be, the more, again, energized. I'm all about the energy.
0: No, that makes sense. And I do feel like it's easy to try to cling to familiarity just because, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. You go, well, this worked in the past and I, I want it to work again. This is proven. Let's just use this thing.
1: Yeah, But
0: it doesn't, reality doesn't conform to our desires.
1: You know, I'm writing a piece right now on uh, day. Do you Have you ever heard of the expression vujade? No. It's the opposite of deja vu. We get into a oh. habit of Deja Vu, where it's sort of like Groundhog Day, you know, to you do the same thing over and over and over again, and you never see something fresh or exciting about it. And Vujade Day is the opposite. It's being able to look at things you've seen a gazillion times with fresh eyes so that you might take them apart and start to analyze how how am I really using this? What am I doing with it? What mm. are the glitches in it? You know, we we, we operate on a default too many times. Yeah. And we just sort of are. we're pro, programmatic. And again, that's why I don't like templating my branding experience, because I think it creates a robotic mechanical brand. I believe brands are alive and they, they just, you know, they're vibrant, they're human in a way. And um, I think that the more we can keep ourselves open, the, the better we are as human beings mm. even you know is forget brands and advertising and whatever the better we are as human beings
0: yeah that's yeah i feel like there's a lot of uh, it's a big world and reality is bigger than our idea of the world and it's easy to not see it because we close our eyes
1: right exactly exactly
0: well robin if people want to learn more about insurgents or get in touch with you what's the best way to do that
1: Well, uh, obviously uh, I'm on LinkedIn and you can link in with me, Robin Albin. Uh, My email address is Robin at insurgents, I-N-S-U-R-G-E-N-T-S dot I-O. And I'm happy to hear from anyone. I love having fresh conversations with people. So, yeah, reach out. Love to chat.
0: Well, great, Robin. Thanks so much for coming on. Been really interesting. I, I had a ton of fun diving into some of the ways brands uh, have to stay true, whether they want to or not. I thought that was a really fun portion, and i I hope that the listeners got uh, something out of that whole process, right? The framework that you have for saying, well, here's thank how- thank you
1: for inviting me and uh, it was super fun.
0: Yes. And for any listeners, if you know an agency owner who should come on or you're an agency owner that should come on the show, go to agencyhacker.io and uh, click come on the show. We'd love to have you come on and hear your story. I think every agency owner has their own journey. And uh, what, what our goal is, is to help you grow in that journey and move forward to the next stage, whether it's the same style business with a different um, emphasis. But like Robin said, rediscover the way that who you are deeply is relevant today and the way that that's going to match up with the reality and needs now. So thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, and share. This is Lance Johnson from Agency Hacker. All the best.